Watching the Wave by LA Top Team.
thank you guys very much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Wave, the most interesting show in real estate. Today, we've been lucky enough to be brought into this amazing workspace owned by Jason David. This place is called Stars, and I couldn't be happier to be sitting here with him to hear more about how he's been able to build it and create a life that offers him some freedom. How you doing, Jason? Good, man. How you doing, brother? Good, man. Good. So thank you so much for having us in, in your awesome workspace. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself, Jason? How did you end up here? Lots of hard work. You know, obviously with the right opportunities and, and being in the right place at the right time, obviously that, that always plays a factor. And definitely God has been able to you know keep me safe and protect me and, and allow me to be here today. But I think, you know, above all, man, just really working hard at everything from the days of youth football, Pop Warner football, to my time at Charter Oak High School in Covina. I've always been a hard worker, and that's something that I really prided myself on. And so after leaving Charter Oak High School, and I was able to earn a scholarship to Washington State, which was one of the hardest things I had to do in my life just because I was never a great student. Mm -hmm. I was good, you know, but I was never a great student. And because of that, when it came time to take the SAT and the ACT, like I struggled, you right. know, and I was fortunate enough to pass it on my very last time to get into college. And I'll never, never forget that that evening when Coach Walker called me and said, man, you made it, you passed the SAT. Qualified. I was at the table eating Taco Bell and my mom handed me the phone. And so that was really monumental to kind of how I was able to get here today, but passed the SAT, got to Washington State. Let me stop you there. Real quick, um, we have listeners all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. For those that don't know, Charter Oak High School is a school in the city of San Dimas, or Covina? Covina. In Covina, which is a border city of San Dimas, which is a suburb of LA County. So Jason's a local Southern California product, born and raised in a suburb of LA, went to a local high school here, super, super standout high school football player. I was okay. I wasn't, I was probably the third, <laughs> probably the third or fourth best player on the team, but like I said from the beginning, man, I just, I worked extremely hard, right? And so You played for Coach Farrar, right? Coach Farrar, Big Lou is what we call him at, at Charter Road. And he's legendary. He's a legendary coach, not only around the area, but pretty much high school, yeah. Cal California high school football. Yeah. He's a well-known character. So you, you were able to play for him in high school? Yeah, played for, for Big Lou, Lou Farrar in Big high Lou. school with, with his son, Dominic Farrar. And they you know they had a great staff, and they still have the same staff today, even when I was playing. And so I was able to, I was able, you know, play for Coach Farrar and, and earn a scholarship to Washington State. There, I had a pretty good career. Um, you know, it was it was different. Early 2000s, you Early were up 2000, at Washington State. 2000, 2004, and I mean, you got to imagine a kid from California traveling to Pullman, Washington. Yeah, is a little bit different, right? It's it's not a culture shock, but it's definitely a, a change of pace from what you're used to in Southern California. So. Got to Washington State. I was able to go with a, a couple buddies of mine from Southern California, which helped okay. make that transition a little bit easier than most. Not from Charter Oak, though? Not from Charter Oak. Okay. One from Pomona High School, Hans okay. Abdullah, Culver City, Carl Pema. Okay. Uh, one of my buddies who is from the Northwest, uh, Eric Coleman, who all made it to the league, by the way. Okay. So we had a really good group going up there and was able to you know, play for some really good coaches and uh, with some really good teammates of mine that pushed me to, to get better. Um, you guys had some individual success, it sounds like, especially the L.A. group. Did you guys have any team success while you were there? Yes. Yeah, Washington State has ups and downs, especially absolutely. right now with Leach. Well, the time we were there, we had three 10 win seasons, and that's one of the things that you know we pride ourselves on and we talk about all the time as alumni. It's like, look, you know, we had a really good run there. For three years in a row, we went, went to a bowl game. We went 2-1, and one, went to the Rose Bowl, won the Sun Bowl, won the, um, the Holiday Bowl, which are good, good bowls, but 
we just had a, a team of scrappers. Like everybody that went up there, we weren't four stars or five stars. Right. We were a lot of guys who were just overlooked and just wanted to prove a point that we were good players in, in Division One. So. Uh, we had some team success, and we had a lot of individual success, you know, like I mentioned. And uh, we're all still kind of a tight, tight-knit group now. We still talk every day. Right, I always see you representing Washington State on Twitter and Facebook yeah, and everything. Man. So you so stay close with the guys. And, yeah, we're very close every single day. Like, I mean, nowadays Good. it's a little bit easier with, you know, the text message threads. Yeah. So, um... So you were there for what? Three years? Four years? Four years. 2000, okay. 2004. In and out. Played four years. No red shirt? No red shirt. Okay. But I probably should have red shirted. Like I really wasn't that good. I mean, I left high school at 155 pounds. I mean, that's probably part of the reason why I only had two scholarship offers. But mm -hmm. I knew once I 155? got 155, I was 155 so you were pounds. Like what? 5'10", 5'11"? Not even close. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would like to say 5'9", but I'm probably a true 5'8 and three quarters. NFL 5'8 five five and three quarters. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. So yeah. But I was able to do it, man. I even look at the game today, and I I just kind of wonder, like, man, how did I even play at my height and my weight? And I played in the era of Jerome Bettis and you know Nate Trommies and Jamal Lewis, yeah. some of these big backs that you know I had to bring down. And, and, and not only that, the rules were different. Straight up, the yeah, rules right. were different. You know, there there was um, not as much knowledge about the head injuries and stuff like that, so there wasn't as many rules stopping those sort of things. Right, so it was and a different wish game. I, I wish they did because I definitely would have benefited from them. But you know, it was just it was my job, and so as I look back now and I watch professional football, I, I, I do wonder, like, man, there's no way I played at that speed and at that level. But you know, when you're doing your job, you don't even second guess it. You know, you're just trying exactly. to get it done and, and make plays, and so. I but think yeah. that a lot, bro. When I think back, I'm like, how did I do that? You know, but when it's your job and the culture and everybody yeah. you know is like, oh, we all hit. Um, we all have headaches. We right. all run fast and throw We're our bodies sore. into each yeah, other. Absolutely. It's different when you're in it. But man, looking back in retrospect, it's like these motherfuckers are tough dudes. <laughs> yeah. And we were one of them for a little bit, yeah, but yeah, you a lot longer than me. Absolutely. OK, so we went through Charter Oak. We went through Washington State. What happened after that, man? Four years in and out. Yeah, so my junior and senior year, I had some really good years. I made first team all pack uh, okay. junior and senior year. And then, you know, and the crazy part is despite having a really good junior and senior year, I didn't get an invite to the combine. Mm. I didn't get an invite to the senior bowl. And at that point, you know, at that age, I've kind of understood being that underdog role and I've kind of embraced it. And so when that, when that didn't happen, although I made two years in a row first team, I just took it Damn. like, okay, you know, I still have to, some doubters out there, I still got to prove people wrong. So um, I had a really, really good pro day. You know, I ran a 4-2, okay. I jumped a 40, okay. I bent 16, and you got to imagine, at that time, I still, I was 175 pounds, but you're a 175-pound cornerback, there's no reason you should be benching over 10 in the bench, right? right. So I bent 16, I just had a hell of a day, man. I had a really good day of position work, and the Indianapolis Colts fell in love with me, and uh, I got drafted in the fourth round in 2004. Okay. And, so you know, no combine invite. No combine invite. What was the train? So was there was no stars, Dude, obviously, so when like, you were coming out of yeah. college. So tell me about kind of how, first tell me at what point you realized professional football could be a thing for you. Yeah. Like, okay, I may have the possibility to have the opportunity to play football for a living. Yeah. Was that before you went to college? No, not okay. at all. It really wasn't until my junior year. So I was, remember, I barely got to college, so I was just happy to get to right, college. Like, I wasn't even, yeah, right? I'm so here. I wasn't even thinking about the NFL. Uh, 
but when you play with when you play with guys who then go on to the NFL, it becomes a reality. So when you're you're a teenager, exactly. And I didn't meet guys who played in the NFL when I was in high school or when I was playing youth football, right? It wasn't until I got to college and I started seeing, hey, you know, our linebacker just went to the league. Our safety that I played in the same secondary just got drafted, and so that's when it kind of became a reality. And and, and before then, I was just playing football like I didn't even play my freshman year and I barely played my sophomore year so it still wasn't really something I thought it was able I was able to do but once I started seeing guys go to the NFL I said hey I have a shot you know and then I kind of really focused in and started taking training seriously but when it comes to preparing for the NFL draft man you would laugh at the place that I trained at bro like yeah so it, it really wasn't what you see here today or really what kind of is happening in the industry with these facilities popping up right it was literally a storefront I don't even want to call it a gym. It had weights in there, right? So, okay. like, all I remember is it having rusted weights. It wasn't anything fancy. I definitely didn't have the support from a sports med team like I have here, like we have here at Stars. I was I went to Massage Envy and I got maybe two massages during the time I was training. Whereas here at Stars, you it wasn't get even the right massage. It probably was. You was, right. get, you, you was <laughs> yeah. getting whatever the special that they you had. Me? So, like, here, you know, these guys are spoiled. They can get they get massages four times a week. You know, they have sports med. 50 feet from where they're working out, whereas I was just training. I was on a grass field right. that had holes in it out in South Florida. Um, but, you know, my mentality has always been to work. And so that it never I didn't shy away Damn. from getting after it. You know, I said, if this is where I'm going to be at for the next three months, mm -hmm. I'm going to make the most of it. And I'm going to get every ounce of anything that I can get from this place and this opportunity. So, I mean, I was so focused, man. It's funny, like when I talk to these guys and I hear them complaining about not having a close parking spot to walk into the door, I'm just like, Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Like, you just got to be, there's got to be other things you can complain about, right? But it's okay because we want our guys to feel like they're getting accommodated. We want our guys to feel like they're comfortable. Um, but, yeah, man, it was, in, in that, that moment in time, it's the Super Bowl, right? So what I remember most about that moment is I had half a beer in my three months of training. But that's how focused I was. And a lot of that was because I didn't get that invite to the Senior Bowl. I didn't get that combine invite. I wasn't on any mock drafts. And so all that just kind of fueled my fire and right. put a super big chip on my shoulder that I already had. Now, did you have an agent the whole time that was talking you through stuff? Or was it kind of dark for you? Well, he was talking me through stuff, but it was talking me off a cliff because I was mad I didn't get a combine invite. Right. So I ain't every... going to get drafted. I ain't going to play. Yeah, da -da 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 -da. heck yeah. So every day I would call him. Not every day, but at least once a week, I was calling this dude like, man, how come I'm not in the combine? How come I'm not in the senior bowl? And he had no answer. He didn't know, but he would just say, hey, you still got to prove people wrong. Right. Like, good luck. Like, here's your, I'm giving you an opportunity to go train. I'm paying for your training and your meals, which my meals were a pot of spaghetti, you know, because I had to gain weight, a yeah. pot of spaghetti all week long and some rice. And that was, it's not what these guys are getting again. These guys are getting gourmet dishes, right? I'm getting a Tupperware full of spaghetti. Right. Um, so but, these guys, most of the stuff, chef prepared, dude, delivered. Like, like I said, bro, like these guys are, if I had what these guys had, I may have ran 4-1. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, real talk. But, you know, and, but again, it's, it's just the service that we want to provide for our guys. We want to make sure that they're getting everything they need from nutrition, from sports medicine, from strength and conditioning. Okay. So you do that. You're eating your spaghetti. You're doing your thing. Chilling what are you doing? What, six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks? Eight weeks. Okay, so you did eight, eight weeks. No position training. No, no speed training, training. Maybe a week of speed training at the Chris Carter speed, okay. whatever. And he wasn't even there, but that was it. Okay, then you come back and it's kind of dark. You know, he's telling you that there's some talk going on with teams. You're hoping what you fly straight, straight from Florida to Washington for your pro day. What? Florida to Pullman, Washington for the my night pro before. day the night before. Okay. And I have, I have Which is one standard, day. standard procedure? Pretty standard, right? And I have 
in my head, I know I have one day to, to perform in front of these scouts and these right. coaches. And, and, and for I'm, those listening that don't know, just real quick, go yeah. over what Pro Day is. For somebody like us who didn't yeah, yeah, get yeah. the Combine invite, who didn't you know, have a chance at the Senior Bowl, what is that Pro Day? So the Combine, I'll start with the Combine. The Combine is where the top prospects supposedly go to compete in front of scouts and GMs and, and NFL coaches. And the guys who don't get invited to the Combine, they have an opportunity to go through those same drills and those same tests that they do at the Combine at their college. And for the majority of college football players, that's usually where they're able to perform in front of the scouts. And so my opportunity wasn't at the NFL Combine, which I would have loved, but instead it was at my school in Puma, Washington. So I fly from Florida to Washington State. And again, I just remember being so focused at that moment that it could have it could have been snowing outside and how, you were gonna do how you. locked in yeah and so and even the day before man it's crazy i tell the story all the time the day before i'm meeting with the atlanta falcons and the scout says to me and he goes hey so how fast do you think you're going to run tomorrow and for and mind you i am not at a fancy facility where we have timing gates or we have anything so i have no idea in my head i know i'm a pretty fast guy i just didn't know like a clock time that i could give him a, a real time so i go you know i think i'm a, I think i'll run a 4-3 tomorrow and he looks at me and he's, you're not a 4-3 guy. And I'm like, come on, not again. But I kind of, I kept my cool, man, because again, I've been through this. I Getting overlooked in high school, not getting a combine invite. By this time, I'm numb to it. So when he goes, uh, you're like a 4-4 guy. I said, okay, you know, that, that's cool. Like, and I didn't really know how to take it. I kind of was caught off guard, but I said, all right, you know, if that's what you, that's what you think I am, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I show up to pro day the next day and I mean, I'm uber focused. Like my buddies are kind of laughing and joking and, and my mindset has always been, you Business. get the opportunity. Yeah, man, like this is the once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm like, I'm not gonna squander it. I'm trying to be funny guy, ha ha, laugh with my friends. So I show up and I'm ready to go. And so my, I was benching, first off I was benching 19 while I was training. I was doing 19, 225 bench test. But the day of pro day, I only did 16. I hit the bar on 11. Mm. I arched my back on one of them that they didn't count. So I had two kind of hiccups within that 16, but I still cranked out 16, which is a high number for my height and weight. And then when I really started to get the attention of the scouts is when I jumped to 40. It's funny. Um, so you we, were inside then outside. We, yeah. That's we, what we did too. We go inside first for all the, you know, the bench, the broad. But when I jumped my 40, I remember somebody going like, whoa, and everybody in the gym kind of turned and looked. And everybody was kind of shocked, like, yo, did you see how high that guy jumped? Yeah. And I, again, I think, honestly, I think I could have jumped higher. I didn't know I only had two jumps. So the first one I jumped, okay, let me get warm. And then the second one, I went after it. And I thought I was going to be able to keep going until I missed. But my second jump, I jumped to 40. And I, I think at that time, the scouts and the coaches had to take me serious because, right. you know, the bench was cool. I did 16, and it's a lot for any DB, let alone a DB my size. Then I jumped to 40 inch vert. I mean, I, that got some attention. Yeah. And then. We go, you know, the biggest biggest thing in this process is that 40, so. So you're inside, you do your bench, you hit 16, which is 40 more pounds than your body weight, 16 times, just to put that in perspective. Yeah. You weigh 200 pounds, go put 240 on and go see if you could do it 15 sure. times for the normal people. After that, you vertical jump 40 inches. So you jump 40 inches off the ground with straight legs, which is, you jump That's over, there, you're man. jumping over us without <laughs> yeah. bending your legs right now. Mm -hmm. um, and those, that shows incredible power, incredible force and power, so at that point, the scouts are paying attention. Yeah, at that point, I, I, I was in my zone because then I knew I had the attention of the scouts. Then I knew I had the attention of the NFL personnel that was there on pro day. And so 
I kind of always just, hope it's going to go that way, but you never know. Dude, like that's the that's the dream, right? You're yeah. preparing for this moment, and all you want to be is the talk of that day. The guy. Yeah. The and guy. So what ended up happening is now scouts are starting to follow me to the drills. They're starting to follow me around to see what I'm going to do next. Right. And here we go to the 40. And, of course, who's explaining it? My buddy from the Atlanta Falcons who's telling you, hey, you have to do this. When you line up, you got to hold your hand. Um, so, you know, I'm okay. and I'm ready for my turn. And, again, I don't really know how fast I am. So we get out there and we line up and it's my turn to go. And I remember looking down and I could see all the scouts and I could see a couple of my buddies kind of sprinkled in the, in the crowd of the scouts, kind of not with their stop clocks, but just kind of seeing what everyone else is getting. And I'll never forget, I line up and I take off and I'm running, I'm putting it all together. I'm driving, I'm driving. And I run through you're the line. You're counting your steps. Well, yeah. I'm not doing even, it all, not bro. even. You're like, <laughs> man, fuck it. I didn't yeah. get coached. I'm running. Yo, I'm going with what I know. Right. So boom, I run through the line. And it felt fast, right? I'm not gonna lie, like it felt fast, but I just didn't really have an idea. But when I turned around and I started walking back, all I could see is the look in my buddy's face. His eyes were like, yo, and like he all the scouts, that. yeah, he all the scouts that. were kind of looking like, no way, right? And so my buddy's looking at me walking, he's just like, and I'm saying, what happened, what happened? He's like, bro, they have 427, 429, and everyone's kind of counting the 4-2, so everyone's at the same range, which, at that point, I was like, okay, I, I did my thing, uh, you know, and this is my first one, right. so I'm feeling good. However, your boy from Atlanta Falcons, Jason, you got to run two more because that first one, you didn't hold it long enough. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, come on, man. So he tried to say it was a fast clock because I didn't hold the scouts weren't ready. Right. No problem. I have another 40 to go. So my turn comes up again, and at this point, I'm like, all right, I know I can run fast. It's just a matter of putting it together. And, you know, just to prove a point, I get up there again on my second 40, and they say you're supposed to hold it for five seconds. So I held it for 30 seconds. Held it. Just you to be a jerk. No, there's no, yeah. there's no question in this <laughs> yeah. one. So I held it for 30 seconds just to be a jerk, and I still run a 4-3-4. So this, the third one he wanted me to run, my agent was like, dude, don't run it. You're already fast. They know that you're fast. Um, but again, it was just one of those moments where, like, you put in the hard work. And this is why I'm just a true believer of hard work, because... I could have went to Florida and I could have complained every single day about the food. I could have complained every single day about where I was working out at, every single day about not getting speed training. But I just, you know, if we were at the beach, I was at the beach on time. If we were at this elementary field park where we had to hop a gate, I was there on time. Right. And so when I put that 40 together, those two 40s, at that point I was like, okay, this is, this is my day. Like, let me take over. And everything else after that, man, it was just, it was, it was special, man. It was a special moment in time. And I truly believe it was how I was able to put myself in position to get drafted and make it to the NFL, all based on that one day. Mm -hmm. But before then, it was based on the, the commitment that I made to the training when I was in Florida. Right. Super impressive. So, you put up a sick pro day. There's that weird buffer between your pro day and draft where teams are allowed to bring in, I don't know what it was at your time, but I think it was like 60 people or uh -huh. something during my time. They can bring in a certain amount of people. Um, during that time, where, did anybody call you in? Did you have an idea that you might be high on some people's boards? Not really. My, and this is just my, set, my thought is my agent, he had a relationship with the Dolphins and naturally I went to the Dolphins and I think they were just kind of not doing him a favor, but they were probably just like, hey, we'll take a look at your guy. Yeah. You know, we have a couple of players on our team that you represent. So why not take your word and have your, your guy come in? So I went to the Dolphins and then I went to the Lions for a trip. And at that point, at that time, it's not even a workout. It's not even it's really just to kind of get a to know to me. Face. Yeah, face to face, which. It was whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I didn't really know if I was high on boards, if I wasn't high on boards. It was more like, 
just that waiting period, man. And you remember that moment where it's just like, okay, I did pro day, don't really know how well I did. Like, yeah. And then, you know, back in back when I was doing it, there wasn't Instagram and these mock drafts that you could just pull up online and see kind of where you're ranked. It was just a waiting game. A serious waiting serious game. Serious waiting game. So let's jump into, you got picked up by the Colts, fourth round. Um, obviously, the family was super excited. Yeah. You kind of realized uh, that you achieved a dream, a lifelong goal, um, but then it was time to get to work. Right. So tell me a little bit about getting to Indianapolis, earning your spot onto the field and eventually being a contributing starter and a Super Bowl champion. So that was that was another interesting process because, you know, you live somewhere and do something for four years. It just becomes who you are. And mm -hmm. so leaving Washington State and then now kind of uprooting. And I was the youngest one on the team, by the way, when I got drafted. And so I was still kind of green. You know, I didn't really know how to pay bills and do that kind of stuff. So right. I get rooted now in Indianapolis and, and I'm there part of the team and I was sharing a story today and just to show you how green I was I mean I get to Indianapolis and it's like I think it's like training camp no it's, it's mini camp because it was very casual and I'm in the locker room I'm walking around the locker room and I see some sandals and they look kind of different like they look kind of fresh right so I'm like man those are pretty dope sandals like who where'd you get those from they're Pro Bowl sandals and I didn't even know I was talking to Dwight Freeney at the time right but I was like bro like those are six sandals and Dwight I can remember his face he was like man who is this kid who is this kid yeah get him out of here so that was fun I get to Indianapolis you know was able to get coached by some great coaches who are still coaching in the league Leslie Frazier uh, Tony Odin who's a defensive back coach now for the Miami Dolphins Alan Williams who's a D coordinator for the for the Lions and uh, Tony Dungy, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame head coach, who I've taken so much from him that I'll share later as far as just from a business standpoint and just, you know, how to treat people. Get to Indianapolis and I don't think I was prepared like I should have been. Um, I showed up to training camp. I, I think I was out of shape. I couldn't finish the individual drills. And for, for those of you who don't know what individual drills are, it's simply just drills that you do before practice. So imagine being a fourth round draft pick and can't even finish the individual drills because you're tired. And at that point, I, I was nervous then because that same day I practiced, I, I remember some of the players saying, hey, we've cut fourth rounders before. You know, you're, you're not safe. So yeah. make sure, you know, don't think because you got drafted uh, just because it wasn't a good look. So I got through that process and got into the season. You know, our first game versus Tom Brady. And I, and I somehow got into like the nickel dime rotation and okay. got a chance to play. So you made an active roster for the first game. For the first Perfect. game, yeah. Perfect. Um, which, was, which was really cool because you know, as a fourth round draft pick, you don't you don't even expect to really get on the field and contribute as right. a fourth rounder, let alone make the 53. So I make the 53 and I play OK, man. I think Tom Brady hit me. I don't think he hit me for a touchdown in that game. He definitely has hit me for a touchdown, but I held my own. And then two guys, I think by week two or week three, two guys end up getting hurt. So when those two guys got hurt, then it was like, who's the next man on deck? And sure enough, just like when I was in high school, just like when I was in college, just like when I was preparing for the draft, I was ready. Like, right. I was definitely prepared for my opportunity. And so when my number Good. was called, the very first game that I started, I had the very first tackle of the game. That was a two-yard gain. I had my first interception, and I had my first touchdown. Damn. All in my very first game starting in the NFL. Start. Yeah, so a star was born, man. And, and from that moment on, dude, I just I took it and ran with the opportunity. I never looked back. Started 13 games my rookie year. Started every 16 the following two years, and so I just just blessed to just like I said, stay healthy and just kind of be in the right position at the right time. Well, lucky to get that opportunity, but at the same time, not everybody has it in them to be prepared. Yeah. And then 
when preparation meets opportunity, you still got to show up with the shit. Yeah. You see motherfuckers lay eggs all the time. 100%. You see it in the Olympics, you see dudes doing the speed skate, they fall. Yeah. It's all they've done their whole life, they fall. There's, you know what I mean? Everyone says when opportunity meets preparation, that's when great things happen. No, you still got to do your shit though. Yeah, 100%. Like, you still got to <laughs> yeah. fucking show up and like game. You got to be a gamer, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just because you prepared doesn't mean that the game is going to happen that for you. That it happens for sure. Yeah, no, that's a true story. So it's luck. I mean, yeah, you are blessed to get the opportunity, but the impressive part is you prepared correctly, yeah. which is impressive, but you fucking did the shit when it was time. You know what I mean? Yeah. You make or break time. Some, that's when you find out whether or not you well, got it. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So that was that was a fun time, man. And my time in Indianapolis was was dope. I couldn't ask for anything more, man. So you won a couple Super Bowls or one? One. One Super Bowl. One Super Bowl with Indianapolis. Started a few years. Started started three years there. Started in the Super Bowl. Played well in the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I, I think I may have had one or two bad plays, but you okay. know, I played the entire game. And Hell so, yeah. With some special teams and ended up winning the game, man, which was another great experience. That Shit. I mean, it, it's it's hard to really explain other than, I mean, there's nothing left to do. Like, you win the Super Bowl and it's just like, okay, who or what do we do now? And, right. and really, it's just a time to reflect, man. I, what I remember most about that game is just all the hard work, man. All the, you know, barely getting, getting into college on that last SAT, mm -hmm. you know, getting doubted on pro day. And those are all the things that I reflected on once we won the Super Bowl in, in Indianapolis or in, in Miami that year. And that's what separates... Um, the doers from the sayers is when everybody runs into those obstacles it's about how how are you going to respond to failing the SAT three times or how are you going to respond to getting kicked out of USC for punching someone hey, in the bro. face you know what I'm saying everybody that we see has has made something successful had to fight that adversity yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. people think like oh he didn't have what I had no he did he just responded differently and or he she who whoever right. you know what I mean right they responded differently and they were able to be resilient and that's why they have the opportunities 100%. that they do you know so sounds like you've had a blessed life and we haven't even got to the huh? best part <laughs> you got wife and kids yes I tell do. me about them i do so you, did you meet your wife at college after college so my wife went to charter Oak high school oh shit. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah hometown and my my older sister introduced us to each other uh her name's crystal my wife her senior year uh, my sister was a track coach and okay. crystal was running track at the time and I just remember my sister telling me, you got to meet this girl. She's so nice. You're going to love her. And Good. she's going to be really cool. In fact. And you know you trust your sister. Oh, you got to you trust your sister. Yeah, at heart, man. You know? so, but the crazy part is, is at Crystal's senior year track banquet, my sister got on the mic. You know how you're doing the little awards. And my sister gets on the mic and she goes, you know, I want to invite this next girl up to get her award. And by the way, she's going to be my sister-in-law one day. Oh, wow. Bro, this is in 2000, <laughs> yo, this is in 2004. And so we hit it off, man. She's a sweet girl. She ended up coming to Purdue. Um, she was going to go to USC, but I don't know how I talked her into coming out to Indiana to come at least be closer to me, right? right. So at first I was just joking because we were dating like, hey, why don't you come to Indiana University and go to school there? Um, but she ended up going to Purdue, and that way we're still able to be still close. close and, yeah, man, 45 minutes away, and it was good, man. Uh, especially being that young, you don't want to just move in with somebody that you right. were just barely dating. You know, yeah. I mean? at least I didn't want to. Um, so yeah, so and we've been together. This would be 13 years, and married eight, and we have four kids. I have another one on the way, so that makes five kids. And four beautiful girls. I was about to say I don't like to call them kids because they're all girls. Okay. Kids are like boy, girl, boy, girl. This is my fifth girl. Um, You're having another girl? Another girl, <laughs> yeah. So, 
that is the, the latest and greatest thing that's happening in my life. And uh, anytime you get to give birth to a child or, you know, bring another human being into the world, it's, it's always special, regardless of the sex, man. It's, yeah. you know, especially if you can have healthy kids, um, that's the most important thing. I mean, beyond healthy, yours do fucking everything. What do they do? I mean, so they do everything. It looks like piano. I can explain to you. Ballet, so I'll start. Softball. <laughs> yeah. I'll start with my youngest, who's two. She's just she's along for the ride. Like she just watches her older sisters and tries to do everything that they do. My second to youngest, Charlize, she is just she's the loudest one in the family. We love her to death, but she just. If you talk to her, if she was talking to you right now, she would be yelling at you and you'd be like, why are you yelling at me? But she's a sweetheart. My, she got a lot of passion. That's, that's what I'm gonna say, passion. there it is. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. And then Erilyn, who is my second oldest, she's a sweetheart. I think she's gonna be the superstar of the family, whether okay. it's singing or acting or dancing, but, but she's, she's a girly Probably girl. Probably not sports. No, she's, I know my kids are gonna see this one day, but she's, maybe more athletic than my oldest one and my okay. oldest one's pretty athletic okay um so my oldest one plays soccer and she has daddy's genes like she can go she's super fast and what i appreciate daddy most and mommy's is that, genes. yeah yeah because mom she, ran track she she jumped was she jumper she's a hurdler okay so she ran hurdles yeah and in college for one year but my kids are great man like my wife does a phenomenal job i, I can't i couldn't do it obviously you can't not that you can't but if i had to have her to raise my kids like for sure her all day long hands down yeah don't know how she does it but we just got a good group man like our kids are dope they're all happy all beautiful beautiful girls man all long hair yeah. kind of fair skin but they're good people too i think we, we try to raise them in the church as much as we can um just to kind of give them a good foundation you know today's day and age it's it's just crazy and then now kids have phones at eight years old and know, so man. we got to communicate my wife and I on that kind of stuff but you know our, our kids are good and we're living life man so real quick before we get off the subject of family um kind of runs in the blood football and athletics and sports because your wife's younger brother current football player yeah. um sandwiched right in between some people uh that every one of our listeners would recognize so he's right behind Dak uh-huh right and right in front of ezekiel yeah that's elliot on the ezekiel elliott and dak prescott of um dallas cowboys correct so he's a fullback he a uh, uh, converted fullback exactly right? that's what i was gonna so, get into yeah he um i mean he has a pretty unique story on his own right so this kid just to give you a quick backstory has been cut 21 times by the dallas cowboys he's my age so he's 28 28 29 no he's a little younger He's a little younger. I think he might be 27 or 26. Good for him, man. But, and he's he's gone through some adversity and he's, you know, had to bounce back and be resilient. But I think it's because of what he had to see me endure and, and how hard I worked. And so when I met the kid, he was the slowest, shortest, fattest 10 year old, 11 year old that anyone could ever meet. That was. That, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was. Right. It was. That ever was. It was to the point to where, you know, it's funny because the mom lasts about an hour. She came to me and I was dating her daughter. And so I'm married to his older sister. So the mom comes to me and she's like, hey, Jason, you know, Keith really wants to play football, but can you just talk to him about other than football, like life after football, or maybe help him, you know, cause I just don't know, right? And this is just mom, you know, she loves her kid, but she's being honest because you're looking at a kid who's 5'2", right. way overweight and can't run. You're not looking at the Keith Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. And so right. he had a pretty unique journey, you know, similar to mine, not having a bunch of scholarship offers, went to San Jose State, excelled there at linebacker, led the nation in tackles his senior year. Right. Doesn't get drafted, um, goes to the Cowboys as a free agent, 
Plays linebacker for two years. As I was going to say, came out as a linebacker. As a linebacker. Plays linebacker for two years. And then one offseason, the coaches asked him, like, hey, would you mind trying running back? And in my opinion, and I feel bad because I was thinking in my head, and I think I may have even told him, like, bro, that doesn't look good when teams are starting to ask you. First off, you're not on an active roster every single game. But when teams start to ask you to change positions, it's not usually a good sign. Right. However, he kind of found his lane, man, and just kind of stayed in it, which I'm super proud of the kid, man. Really good kid, really humble. And now he's just a starting fullback for the Cowboys. And he's a star's athlete. And he's creating his own brand. It's been awesome to see him create his own brand over the last few years since I've known him. So football he's, runs in the blood, man. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's coming into his own as, as a dad, as a professional athlete. You got a kid? He has a kid. He has Good. a baby girl. Good. Um, so another girl added to the, this large family of girls. Damn, yes. you guys, that's all you guys pop out is girls. <laughs> yeah. But he's doing good, though. I'm, I'm super proud of him. So... From what I can gather, it looks like you do a lot of grilling, chilling, swimming, stuff like that. Yeah. Tell me a little about what you do when you're not here running this joint. We'll get more into this and what STARS yeah, is, yeah, but yeah. I want to kind of stick with the, with the personal side and the life side and the family. So well, what do you do a lot of when you're at home? Some of your hobbies and activities and stuff you do in free time. So it's usually when you have four kids, your, your free time is usually trying to spend time with, with them. You know, I'm, I'm able to get more time with my kids now than I did before just because I've been able to, to grow the business and put people in positions to do the stuff that I used to do, um, which allows me to go home on a Tuesday at 12 o'clock or mm. pick my kids up from school, which um, that's just that's that's the goal, right? You want to set your business up and set yourself up to do those kind of things. And so when I have free time, it's just hanging out with the kids, man, just whether it's swimming, like you say, we have a pool at home. and. That pool gets used every single day of the summer, and it's okay with me. That's why I built it. Or I'm just, you know, taking my daughter to a soccer game at USC or UCLA. Um, you know, doing date nights with the wife. I mean, that's, you know, you're together that long and you have that many kids. You know, sometimes if you don't, if you don't catch yourself, it can consume you. Yeah, you know, for as sure. A, as a husband, right? So. We try to spend time together, sure. my wife and I, whenever I have free time. And, and I owe it to her, man. She, she's phenomenal, like I mentioned. But having to deal with a professional athlete, being a wife of a professional athlete, being a wife of an entrepreneur, it's no easy task. And though it looks glamorous, and there are some perks, don't get me wrong, but she has to deal with me coming home frustrated about business, frustrated about losing clients or not getting a particular client or a particular account. Mm -hmm. And being a professional athlete wife, they deal with a lot. Like, I'm coming home mad. We lost a game. I had a bad practice. I had a bad game. And so now it's, it's kind of her time where we can travel together and, and do cool things outside of stars. Okay, so that gives, that gives me, obviously I had a really good idea about your past, but I think that gives our listeners a really good idea of, you know, the genetic makeup, the DNA that mm -hmm. makes up Jason David. Why don't you tell me a little bit about where we're sitting, man? So you get done with football. Yes. And you decide. Well, no, so before, you, I mean, I got to correct you there because yeah. I didn't, finish football and then decide that I wanted to do stars or that I wanted to, you know, start a business. That right. was something that I was working on during my football career, which okay. I definitely want to talk about, you know, for our athletes and, and our guys who are playing in the NFL right now. But so this case, was kind of a thing that happened before. Yeah. Okay. So this was every off season, me coming home, working with kids. And so what I'll do is I didn't have this to train at when I was in the NFL. And not that I needed it because I was always, I've always been a self-star. I've always been kind of self-motivated. So what I would do every offseason, I would come home and the local kids who were around in high school that went to Charter Oak or went to San Dimas or Glendora, I would, I would welcome them to come work out with me. And I wouldn't charge them. I would say, hey, look, 
I'm gonna be home at these couple months. If you want to come get some work, show up. Just don't get in my way. That right. was the only rule. You can come work out with me. I don't care who you are, how good or bad you are. Just don't get in my way. And it's cool because some of those kids would show up and they wouldn't say a word, and they would just do exactly what I'm doing. And every off season, I would come home and do it, and there'd be more and more kids, more and more kids. And then it just kind of became a thing. Like Jason's coming home in the off season. I want to work out with Jason David. Um, and those kids went on to do well. And that's kind of how it all evolved is those kids had success kind of doing what I was teaching them and just working hard, kind of like, you know, how I did every off season. Yeah. And so you're staying at home. You go home, mom pops. What? I was staying on the couch, bro. Like yeah. I was coming home. And this is funny because I would come home and my wife's uh, mother, Julie, used to just let me crash on the couch, man. Like I didn't have a room. I didn't have some fancy house or some Airbnb that I would come home to in the off season, I would literally chill on the couch. And if I wasn't working out, you know, those those two hours, sometimes five hours a day, I was networking. I was, and not that I knew what I was doing, but I was going out to talk to doctors. I was going out to talk to CEOs. Right. And that was how I spent my off season. I spent my off season training and working hard, helping kids, and then trying to figure out what I wanted to do outside of football and when I was done playing. And so here we are today at STARS, uh, which is the acronym for Sports Training and Rehabilitation Services. And it's you've done cool, what you, man. You've done what you set out to do. Yeah, man, it's okay. pretty cool. So it wasn't, it wasn't a thought after playing. It was during no. playing you're saying there needs to be a resource. Not only, Well, first you thought of it for pros. So there needs to be a resource for guys like me that, you know what I mean? Like, I have the money to do it. I just don't have the, <laughs> I have nowhere to do it. And yeah. there's not a place that has this. <laughs> yeah. so, I need to, so you started thinking of, you maybe you were the guy to provide that yeah and, and it came organically through training kids for free for free yeah man. And, and really and, and being a neighborhood resource kind of yeah man and so like before this before this 60 yards of field turf and this cool weight room i would meet kids at the park mm -hmm. and i would try to help kids and i would my wife used to get mad because i would charge parents 20 bucks like first off you're working out with the super bowl champ who started in nfl who led his team in interceptions and he's charging you $20 to work out. Like, my wife couldn't understand it. And the parents that, of the kids that I were working with, they couldn't understand it either. So they were like, hell yeah, we'll meet you wherever you sure. yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I literally would go to a park. There wouldn't be lights on at the park and I would be out there and the parent would have their headlights on and I'm trying to do drills, but I was just that committed. Like, if I commit myself to something, I'm gonna go all in and so. So it wasn't always glamorous stars. It was, you weren't scared to get out there and turn on the literally car headlights and, yeah. and get done what needs yeah, to be no, done. Yeah, no, Ryan, like, even the time when I was kind of doing some research and doing my due diligence, like I was driving an hour and a half to a gym in the valley to one, to work out, but two, kind of get an idea of how this industry works. Right. And then driving two hours back home in LA traffic. Now this is before you had phone to keep you busy. Not that you're supposed to drive and talk on your phone, but right. I'm sitting in 20 miles per hour traffic for at least an Listening hour. Listening to fucking Big Boy, because there uh, ain't no podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen to Big Boy. No. <laughs> so like I had no, I, I'm trying to entertain myself, you know, trying to stay awake, but that was just, that was my grind, man. Like I was driving hour and a half, two hours to a gym to try to gain some knowledge of how to do this the right way. Um, so yeah, it, it's not, it definitely wasn't what it is today, bro. Okay. Not so. At all. But that, after you got done playing and you decided, okay, I need to make that place, did you have a previous location or is this your first location? So this, this is my first location. I almost bought a business in Newport. Okay. And that again, so at the time, I had bought my mom a house in Rancho Cucamonga and I, my wife and I stayed there for a couple months just to kind of figure out where we want to get rooted and where we want to begin raising our family. 
And if you can think about the drive in your head from Rancho Cucamonga to Newport Beach, I did that for two years. And that that's at least an hour and a half drive without traffic. So again, just my commitment to, to eventually having this one day, I was just so focused. And if I had to drive three hours to gain an experience, to get better, like I would drive three hours. And right. people wouldn't understand it, but I knew eventually it was going to pay off, just like everything else. Just like those three months I was in Florida training my butt off, I knew making that drive was going to pay off. And, and I would wake up and do it without a doubt. And I would do it again today if I had to. Yeah, because you know the payoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you so you you've been able to create it. Yeah. Now let's tell everybody exactly what it is. It's an acronym that stands for Sports Training and Rehabilitation Sports Training and Rehabilitation Services. Services. Correct. Um, and now we've talked about obviously prepping the pro football players. But that's not all Stars does. You guys work with youth, three years old to post pro, right? I wouldn't say three years old, but we've had some babies in here. Okay. You know, five years old sometimes. My partner Chris's son has hopped in workouts, but okay. so you've got youth to post pro post pro. So like we career we've help and stuff like we've that. We've serviced everybody from professional Irish dancers to women's golfers to like you said, our, our post NFL guys taking care of them and, and making sure they're healthy. And so we, we do it all and actually the bulk of our business is youth activity, is, is evening activity. Really? Yeah, so it looks cool on social medias and our website with all our pro guys and pro athletes, but you know, th those don't keep the lights on. Right. It's fun to have them in here and we love them, trust me. They're, they're lots of fun and, it, and it's great for exposure of the brand, but what keeps the lights going is, is really our, our youth activity and our coaches being able to provide a really, really good service and a really good product to keep parents and, and teams coming back. Okay. Now, you had mentioned social media real quick. Um, where can everybody follow along? Because you guys are always changing. You guys are always offering new cutting edge things and you're always documenting it. So yeah. where can, where on social media can my listeners follow along with what you're doing and the cool stuff you got going on? So we, we have a website. It's starsocal.com. And then we have our social medias, Instagram and Twitter. They're both the same handle. It's stars, S-T-A-R-S, underscore, SoCal. And if you go to our Instagram, that's probably the best representation of, of who we are and kind of the life from Breath of Stars. We try to do a good job of posting content on there that is not just valuable, but just kind of cool to look at aesthetically, kind of a day in the life of some of our guys here. On Instagram, what's your handle? Stars. Stars, S-T-A-R-S underscore SoCal. Stars underscore SoCal. Yeah. And that's the best spot to... That's the best spot okay. to check us out. And I got some stories behind that too, man, whenever you're ready, because it's not some large team of... Well, tell me about it. That's what I mean. That's what I want to <laughs> yeah. hear. I want to hear how you've been able to leverage technology because that's been a big part of what's been going on since you opened your business. Yeah. Is um, basically a land grab for technology, and then who's using it right, and who's leveraging it, and who's utilizing the newest stuff that comes out. Um, and obviously, I've been a big fan of everything you've been able to do there. What are you doing to leverage technologies, available technologies, to help grow your business, make your business easier, systemize your processes? So we've. We've always tried to be ahead of the curve, right? So I'll take you back to the Facebook days. So okay. before there was even a stars, before there was even uh, Instagram and Twitter, I would get on Facebook, I would watch college football, I would get on Facebook, and I would direct message kids saying, hey, I'm Jason David, this is who I am, I'm going to be at this park in the off season or at this location off season, do you want to come train? And that yeah. was, that's how I used to get after it, man. And I would literally watch an ESPN game and it would say, ooh, Marvin Jones from Cal. He's from Etiwanda. Oh, that's not far from like, me. Oh, and he can play. Yeah, so, so let me hit up. him up. Exactly. 
And so I went to school for communications and always loved the idea of creating commercials. And that has always been a passion of mine. And that's what I wanted to do if I wasn't playing football. And if you can imagine Instagram, it's like a commercial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I love it because I'm able to create a perception of who we are and what we do through a type of communication, through a medium, right? And I get to use kind of what I learned at school. And our social media is literally done, it sounds crazy, but it's done on my phone. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there may be a couple people who contribute, whether it's from content of shooting it, but a lot of the stuff is really just sent and posted on my phone. Like my partner would send me stuff and we don't have a, a huge team at maybe what it looks like on our social media, but it's really, hey, JD, you know, what do you think about this caption or, or use this caption or here's a cool photo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, other than that, man, it's, it's fun. Like I love leveraging social media. And so, and we've always done that, man, like stars. So today, right, everyone thinks about working out, grinding, let's do this. Bro, if you look back at our social media, we were doing that in 2013, right? right? The we grind made has been real cool. since 2011. Oh, <laughs> the grind's been real here. So we made it cool. So all I did, all I did was take a, a brand, a cool looking logo, and have people associate with that logo, that color, that brand of it's okay to grind. Like it's really cool to work hard. And I built a community and a following, and that's what you see on Instagram. It's not like... It's not like a bunch of followers who like training. It's people who think the brand is cool, who think grinding is cool. So mm -hmm. um, that's been fun. But how we leverage technology, man, like especially nowadays, I just bought an iPhone X or iPhone 10. And, you know, that was that was a really cool investment for me because I love shooting content here at Stars. I get right. to create commercials, right? And so we always try to post stuff, whether it's on Snapchat or Twitter, and just kind of be creative with it, man. Try to have fun. You know, we try to keep it kind of kid-friendly, that 18 to 35, you know, age range yeah and we just try to you know explain to people who we are and show people who we are if they've never been to stars so most of the technology that you're leveraging is marketing technology through social media and stuff like that i mean you've obviously been able to build an awesome brand from it so yeah. i'm taking notes on yeah, what you're yeah. doing there man Thank you. this place it's i mean physically it's not different from when i trained here i trained on those platforms i trained on i don't know if you changed the turf but it looks like new turf it yeah might i be. got some new stuff the end zone yeah. is the same but i got some new stuff yeah out there. but i mean physically it's the same but man none of the team you got a big ass team here now bro it was like three people <laughs> yeah you and i was one of those kept, three yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you kept the circle tight because you know you were figuring out what the lane was gonna be but now it's like you, I, I mean, the people, uh, the listeners have been able to see everybody walking around in yeah. the back and they can't see, but there's all kinds of parents and stuff right here. So why don't you walk me through a little bit of who makes up your team, what they do, um, and yeah, call out their name because I'm sure they're gonna be listening. Yeah, so. well, Ryan, it, it wasn't easy, man. It was, uh, and that's one of the hardest things I think that I've had to really endure was just finding the, the right people. You know, I, I love Tony Shea, the, the founder of Zappos, and he always talks about the culture of your business and, and having the right people in the right team. And it took us a while to get here. You know, it wasn't easy. And for a guy who has no business background, having to fire people and hire people is very, very challenging. Very challenging. As tough as you may be and as, as cool as you may be, when you have to tell somebody that they're no longer working for you, it's very hard. And so going through that and trying to put the right team in place is it's hard work. And, and those are those dog days to where you gotta, did I make the right decision? You know, is this the right person to have in this position? And so I think we're at a place right now where we have the best team that we can possibly have right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anybody better than we can have at any of the positions at Stars than we have right now. And it's, it was, like I said, it's a lot of work, but we have a great team of coaches 
How does it divide up? You got strength and strength and conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. So who's the head of the strength and conditioning sector? So that's the interesting part. So we don't have a, a head of strength and conditioning. Okay. And I, I, I did that for a purpose because we've had people here that were the director of strength and conditioning. And not that they were bad people, but we need team players. The way that I want to run this company is we want team players, people that are going to do their job every day. So one of my favorite lines from Coach Tony Dungy is, do your job, right? That's the last thing he told us the night before the Super Bowl do your job and that was kind of my that was like my business background right? I didn't go I don't have an MBA so learning from coaches that are, were successful at the professional level was all I had and so what I noticed what he did was he put the right people in position and he trusted them he let them go right and that's what again was one of the hard things to do is hey get the right people in position and let them do their job right correct them if they're wrong help them if they need help but more importantly just let them do their job and so we have strength and conditioning coaches. We have a sports med team that services our athletes and services people who may just have a, a, a injury off the street. So you got. So we have a team. Break so, them down. So yeah, yeah. So, so you break them down with strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning. So we have a team of strength and conditioning coaches. Morgan Fennell, who does a lot of our NFL, our pre-draft. We have Brennan, who does also some of our movement stuff. We have Connor, who does kind of a little bit of everything, where we strength and conditioning and some movement. We have Eddie, who's strength and conditioning coach. We just got a dope team. You got five guys. We about five, five, five guys people helping rotation. you out yeah, with strength and conditioning. Yeah, we have Joe Lake, who's here right now, getting after it. He's been a really good addition. Hayden Reddick, who does some of our quarterback stuff. Good. So we really got a good, solid foundation of, of guys who understand the virtue of stars and, and what we're about. Because you can have somebody working for you, but if they don't believe in the brand, if they don't believe in your vision and what you're doing, they're not going to work hard. Mm -hmm. They're not going to invest themselves into into the brand so that's our performance side then we have I like that you have more than one coach because it allows all these coaches to stick to their inherent strength you know what I mean that way you don't have somebody who never played quarterback trying to teach someone how to play quarterback well guess you know what, what I'm saying you have I'm one of your seven coaches oh we got a quarterback specialist that's his inherent strength you need to go to him and what I like that. And what I've learned and what I've I don't shy away from now anymore and I had to I had to go back to my football days is if you want to be the head guy you better line it up because I'm gonna bring in another coach who thinks he could be capable of being the head guy and if you can't hold your own there's got to be changes there yeah. right and that's just the nature of the beast and that's well, just you talk about it easy but it's hard to do that as the boss because you don't want to be the bad guy you're a nice guy you know what I'm saying yeah absolutely but again you, you got to have that separation exactly and and it's all come from experience man like trust me the first time I had to tell somebody you're getting demoted wasn't easy yeah but what my buddy told me who and I have a I have a great bunch of people around me that that I, I don't want to call them mentors but people that I can call and, and ask them some questions about hey this doesn't feel right and one of my buddies, Saban Lomack, who was the, the founder of Cousins Main Lobster, who was on Shark Tank, really good guy. He goes, Jason, have you ever watched Hard Knocks? And I was like, no, not really. And he sent me a clip of a guy getting fired. And it really dawned on me. And he goes, Jason, would you rather have somebody kind of hurting your business or taking, or taking food off your kid's plate? Which one are you going to choose? Taking kid, food off your kid's plate or, or making sure you have the right person in position. So right. he really put it in perspective. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I have to change my approach. And so, again, I don't have an MBA. Like, no one taught me this is how you run a business. This is how you fire, hire. Um, and so now kind of where we're at, we just got a good group. We have our sports medicine team. 
ATC, Damian Holly, who's super, super dope. And what I love is all our staff is former, former players, they're former right. athletes. And so they get that athlete mentality. So even when they're talking to a 12-year-old softball girl, they understand what it's like to play athletics, to play youth sports. Damian They've been Holly, there. Yeah. They've been there. Damian the Holly, level. our ATC, our physical therapist, Nika, our director of sports med, Chanel, who has done a phenomenal job for us, who started as the front desk gal, who learned and learned, and I challenged her every single year, challenged her every month, and she grew into this person who understands all facets of the business. She understands the strength conditioning. She understands the sports medicine side, and so she's really dialed in our sports medicine this past year and a half, and you know she's continued to grow us outside of California, which is which is our next step. Nice. So you hear, I mean, these two questions are going to kind of relate to each other, and you hear a lot about pro athletes being able to make extraordinary amounts of money, uh, but having nothing by the time they retire or shortly after they retire. And I don't know the exact statistics, but um, I think it's like over 80% end up with like less than like 10% of what they made a few years later. It's a crazy statistic. Obviously you've been able to avoid being one of those. Um, and it, if people that are listening haven't been able to gather, it's because of your hard work, because of your determination, because of your drive. Um, I don't really know what else to tell them, but, how have you been able to avoid being a stat like everybody else? And then how do you think that has allowed you, that mentality, to change the game of not only prep, but career prep for after? Does that make sense? Yeah. I know. It makes a lot, no, it makes a lot of sense. Really, if, if athletes, and this doesn't just go for professional football players, I think it relates to any professional athlete, you can't wait until you're done playing a sport to figure out what you want to do. And at the end of the day, if you can get an idea of what you want to do, maybe something you're passionate about or how you can feed your family after football, because when I was done, I was still fairly young. Like I have a lot of life to live. And so what I realized, and, and not everybody's going to get it though. And that's the, that's the unfortunate part, man. Like I can sit here and I can do a whole podcast on this is what you need to do while you're playing in the NFL. Or some guys aren't just gonna, they're not gonna get it, right? right? But the ones that do understand, and hopefully the ones that are listening today, figure out what you want to do while you're playing. Don't wait till you're done playing, because right. what happens when you're done playing, and that transition's a beast, and and you know this. When you hang those cleats up, it's time to start really thinking about life. Like life hits you. Right, and you don't get those text messages and those phone calls from your buddies who exactly. are on the team now. You're kind of just on your own, and so yeah. the best thing you can do is have something to do when you're done playing. And so, what I always recommend and and tell guys is like, look, find a hobby, find something that you might enjoy doing that might can make you a little bit of money after the NFL, and then start with that. Like, you don't have to be an entrepreneur and jump into business right away, but figure something out. Don't wait. You know off season you have four or five months of yeah. not really doing anything like use that time to talk to people use that time to go meet with people that might be able, i mean you're in the nfl like this is the craziest part today's game the nfl what i look at it is a huge marketing platform for every single player let me stop you there because what i was gonna say was what you're putting in a nutshell is use your power when you have it not the money, Simply. not the anything, but That's your it, name bro. and the NFL tag attached to you allow you to get in contact with people that can help you. People that want to help you. Want to help you, yeah. not can, but want to yes. because of that tag. So use that, use that power that you have while you're there 
to line up something for you afterwards. And you don't have to be an NFL starter. You don't have to win a Super Bowl. As long as you play or even have some association, like you could have be out the league for a year, people are still gonna wanna talk to you. But while you're in the thick of your career, while you're in the middle of your career, the beginning hopefully, start to use that power. That power, start to use that platform. And another thing that I picked up on what you were saying is, you can, although your job is football, you can compartmentalize your life. You need to be focused to play at your top level. 100%. But when it's not the season, if you're not focusing on your body, which takes three to four hours a day, you need to be focusing on something else, oh, right, like, which is your future you and just, how you're going to get out of it. Right? You just said three, four hours a day. Like, what job in the world do you know that you can work? First off, they'll bas they're basically paying you to work out, right? Yeah. Most guys will play the game for free. The hard part is that off-season and working. So most guys, if they can understand that you can use three, four hours out of your day in the off-season every single day, and then maybe use two or three dedicated to what do I want to do after football? Maybe today I make phone calls to people who are CEOs that I'm interested in talking to, or maybe today I go drive and talk to a company and see if I can get an internship or just shadow the boss or the manager. That stuff is easy. It just takes effort. And I think the heart and I love the And NFL. it's even easier when when you're like, yeah, I'm so and so looking for an internship with the so and so someone they watch on TV. Dude. Why are they not going to do <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So what you're saying that allowed you to kind of make the transition easier was you started working, man, before you retired. You said, "Okay, this is what I'm passionate about." It doesn't really exist, but I'm gonna start, you know, in my free time, which is the off season when I'm not working on my craft, which is making sure I know the playbook, making sure that my body's healthy, ready to go. I'm gonna start building for my future rather than jump on the sticks, which is play video games, rather than go down to the beach and chill, which is all fun, but nowadays you can do that on your phone at the beach. You can do what you need to do, but it ain't gonna happen for you. No, you, you really have to, to really make your mind up and, and just get after it, man. And I. I I wish I would have did more. Like, and I thought I did a pretty good job, but I yeah. wish I would have did more. And so my advice to guys is just take advantage of what you have right now, which is like you said, that NFL tag behind your name and all the free time, man. You, you have an off season. And I mean, think about it. You don't start working out right in the off season. Like you take a couple weeks off maybe. Dude, during those weeks, while you're traveling, you know, start looking at internships or start looking at businesses that you want to be a part of. And so. And as a side note, if you are a pro listening to this and you want to get into real estate investing, call me because I can help you do that whatever city you're in. Um, it's a process that I can teach and something that's an easy way to um, use what you've earned playing off the field and have some free time afterwards. So if that's something you want to do, I'll be a great resource for you. That's how you're kind of changing the game with pros as far as like, I mean, you weren't a direct mentor to me, but just watching you from afar and the time we spent together and seeing how you do it, you definitely impacted me and changed the game in the way I look at what I'm capable of after ball. Because even though I'm, you know, a real estate, you know, a real estate investor and I have a career, when I was in football, I didn't really think there was much more for me. You know, although I had great grades through school, which indicate, you know, potential for a good job, but I didn't know that I had that. But then when I saw you, I'm like, damn, this dude's like a fucking businessman, entrepreneur. Um, so I think that's one way that you're changing the game from the inside is, you know, being one, like a direct mentor and then an indirect mentor to a lot of people like, damn, he won a Super Bowl. Damn, he still talks to so-and-so. Damn, he's friends with Sabin. This is crazy, you know what I mean? And I think that's one way that you're changing the game. But what's another way that you're using this facility to impact maybe youth, maybe high schools? One way that you're different from any other gym out there or something that you try to use to differentiate yourself? 
Just being the family, having the family atmosphere. I think a lot of times you go to these places and train and you're just a paycheck. And what tends to happen is those places that treat you like a paycheck, you don't want to go back there. Would you rather go to a place that might not even know your name or might not say hello to you when you walk in, whereas you come to Stars and we're treating you like you're coming home for Thanksgiving. We want you to feel like, damn, like, man, I miss this place. Like, I can't wait to go back and get some love. And especially in the, the, the NFL, the, the, the industry that we're kind of, the, the audience we're talking about right now, there's not a lot of welcome arms, right? When Seriously. you go to places, especially when Hell you go to your no. team. Exactly, so for us here, Hell we want the guys no. to feel like, man, this is home, these are my guys. And I think that's our separator. And the cool part is, is even for, for facilities or anybody that's at a facility that's listening to this, even if they try to do it, it's not real. Do you know what I mean? Like manufactured. it's fake. Yeah, it's so like, this is who we are. Like it's, it's our family versus your facility. And we say that because we mean it. And it's not, be, and it's not just from our athletes too. Like we treat the, the staff and the team the same way. If, if I, called, I called Chris, my partner, wife broke down in LA and I said, bro, can you mind just go being there to the tow truck? No problem, no question. And this is at like 11 o'clock at night. Mind you, he's a family man as well. You know, Chanel, our sports med director, blows a tire. Hey, Damien, our ATC, do you mind going to help out? No questions asked, not an eye blink, nothing. And so it's, it's really just different here. And, and we even hashtag that sometimes too, it's, it's just different. And it's funny because people don't really understand it till they walk through the doors, till they get greeted, till our front desk gal, Jessica, knows your name before you even get there. Right. Right. So it's all those little things. And really, man, it's creating experience, dude. Like there's a thousand of these facilities across the country. There's some that are bigger. There's a thousand in L.A. Yeah, straight. Yeah, you differentiated yourself. Yeah, there's some wild. that are bigger, way more equipment. But the difference is, is we just genuinely care. Right. And we genuinely want to see every athlete that walks through here succeed and reach that next level. And that's why I've been such a big proponent of stars. It's, I'm not here because I mean, obviously, you're great. You're Jason David, but I'm here because I love you and what you've done. And you took care of me when I was coming out. And that's um, I mean, basically what you said, I can vouch for. It. And I'm a critical son of a bitch. I'm a hard motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm hard to impress. Yeah. And I trained at another facility and I saw what you were doing. And I actually reached out to you through social media and said, I'd love to come by. Um, as you said, it's not a very open arms community. I was very surprised when you said, dude, come by Tuesday. Uh, I think I emailed you Sunday and uh, I was there on Tuesday. Um, didn't really discuss prices, which is interesting because everywhere I go, that's the first thing they want to tell me is they want to give me their paper that tells me their packages mm -hmm. and what I can benefit. Um, so I knew it was different. And I, from that time, this was basically my prep spot for my for what I was gonna do. Yeah. Um, and even since then, you and I communicate often, not every day, but we communicate often, you know, a couple times a month, we stay in touch, um, and you've made me feel like a fam, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've transitioned out of football, out of, not all athletics, you know, I, we're gonna talk about Tony a little bit, but yeah. I've transitioned out of football, and I still talk to you about business. You know I mean? We talk about real estate, you yeah. welcome me in here so that I can, you know, use this and practice and, and get yeah. going, you know what I mean? And put you in a great light, so. It's different talking about it and saying, yeah, we're family, but it's another thing to be like, I don't do anything mm -hmm. for you and you're still spending three hours with me. It's you know what good, I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah. And a lot of people can talk about it, but that's how I think you're changing the game. You're about it. And it's like, if you treated me like shit when I was coming out like everybody else did, like I wouldn't be back here talking to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go to my previous gym to talk to them because they don't, they weren't family to me. Right. They weren't cool to me. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I, and I really think that's your, 
your inherent strength, and that's yeah. how you you know, are changing the game, really. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thank dude. You. Do you mind if we get a little bit into future and kind of your plans for this beast that you've got going yeah. on? Yeah, definitely. So what's next for the always changing stars? You know, I mean, I, I know that you guys are going to be on the cutting edge of athletics and offer yeah. that, and I know that, but, um, you know, in the past we've talked about programs for guys getting out. What What's kind of on your mind or next up, if you can talk about it? I know there's contractual yeah. things on yeah, some stuff. Yeah, we'll, but... uh, I'll get into a little bit without too much detail, but we're always we're always trying to grow. And if, if we're not growing as a business, as a company, and as, as individuals within this business, we're not doing what we need to be doing. And so I, I always try to surround myself with people that I think can help me grow because what happens as a, as a visionary for this company, if I can grow, I know I can continue to grow the business. And so what I've been doing uh, on a personal level is just really trying to get around some industry leaders, people who are, are in business that understand how to grow businesses, such as my buddy Sabin Lomack, such as Gary Vanderchuk, such as Barbara Corcoran from Shark's Tank. Those are people that I want to surround myself with to help the business grow. Not mm -hmm. not just on a personal level, but being able to scale the success. You know what I mean? So my have my, a bigger impact. I always scale or bail. That's kind of been my that's scale kind or of bail. scale or bail, right? So what I've been doing is trying to figure out how do I continue to grow stars and scale it in different areas. And so what we've been able to do, um, and, and again I won't go into too much detail, but right now we have a group of doctors in Dallas who service one, my brother Keith, and some of the other Dallas Cowboys. And what we want to do is we want to be able to service our athletes year-round. I don't want to be able to service our athletes when they're here in Southern California because they're only here for a small amount of time. And so right. what we've been able to do is find a way to service our athletes in whatever state that they live in with an affiliation kind of group, so to speak. And so that's kind of been the next step, man. And it sounds crazy, and, and I hope I can play this back five years from now, but my goal is to have that what I have in Dallas in all 32 cities yeah. serving all 32 teams. Like yeah. I know it sounds crazy. and Even if it's small, yeah, they know that what they're getting is what they need. And it's consistent, right? You yeah. look at today's game, everybody wants to make sure that they're taking care of their body. Everybody wants to make sure they're getting that, that exclusive kind of personal treatment. And mm -hmm. I think I found a pretty cool way to, to do it and it's worked, right? So we're doing a good job in Dallas. My goal is to expand to maybe four more by the end of the year. I won't go into which cities, but it's coming to a city near you. Good. Um, but yeah, man, we're just growing, dude. So and scaling. Scaling, yeah, heck yeah. Not, not this size, but a, a good enough size so we can service our athletes whenever they need something. Exactly, you don't need to take this big old box, but you, the business needs to be in a box and offered at where the athlete's at, because they, don't, they could be in Baltimore for six weeks, they get cut, they're in Indianapolis, then all of a sudden they're in Houston for the playoffs. And, and the goal is to when- Have a spot at all of them. Yeah, so it's just like anything else. If you're in Dallas- And you're and working you through a heel Cowboys, injury or something, you don't want to tell your people. Say, exactly, say you go to Philadelphia to play a conference game and, oh man, there's the they stars know, out know, here. They know your heel injury they know what's going on 100 i see the vision bro 100%. i see the vision it's something bro. light though yeah no no it makes sense light. no yeah. that makes sense man so i guess we already kind of touched on what's next for you you want to keep getting around people that can not only you're not looking for a handout you're looking for inspiration from these people ideas from these people and guidance from these people who can help you scale what you've already been successful at building so those those minutes those hours those days that I'm around those industry leaders, that's my that's my college, that's my MBA, right? right? That's my, I'm behind, right? In football, that's like a guy that's never played football before 
trying to make the team at the Indianapolis Colts where I've been playing football my whole life. So what I'm up against, I'm up against guys who went to Harvard Business School. I'm oh, yeah. up against guys who went to USC, right? And so what I have to do is I got to catch up. Yep. So anytime I get a moment to be around, whether it's Gary, whether it's Barbara, like I need it. Like I'm, I'm feeding for it. Like I got to soak damn. the game up. You I know love what I mean? that you say that, bro. And, and, and I'm and, and I have no ego. Like I'm going to listen, even if they're telling me something that I that I've heard before that I already know it may it I might get something from it. And so that's always been kind of where I'm at and, you know, who I am as a person that I think has helped me become successful and just not being afraid to ask questions, too, man, like. Dude, if I'm gonna get in front of a successful entrepreneur, like, please believe I'm gonna ask him at least one or two. Like, For sure. I have to. For sure. And, and man, and that's what gets me. It's like, so I do jujitsu, heavy into jujitsu now. That's what kind of keeps me my competitive edge. And I can't tell you how many buddies I have that are black belts in jujitsu. I mean, they will fuck you up in the streets. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they try to make money out of it, and they step into our world. Yeah. And then I try to give them, like, hey man, think about how you can make money as a black belt. And they're like. Uh, Basically, who have you helped? And I'm like, look, man, I know that, you know, there, we have like status in jujitsu, but in the business world, think of me as like a brown belt and you as a white belt. So that's yeah. the advice I'm giving you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I, I get the concept of being, being a black belt in one thing and a white belt in the other. I love that you recognize that you started off as a white belt in business and you're trying to get that blue belt. Or you're trying to get that scholarship to like, you know what I'm saying? 100%. I, man, I respect that, because trying to explain that to somebody who's full balls to the wall on one thing, a lot of times they don't know it, and you're like, I, I just want to help you. I'm, I'm not trying, trying to, to do it. Yeah, I'm man. just trying to help you, dog. Yeah. Man. But you got to be open. You got to be open to the help. You got you to gotta want the help, because yeah. if you don't, then it's just going to go fall by the wayside. And I took that personally. A lot of times when I try to help someone, because I see them as like a close friend, or I see potential out of somebody, not everybody's open to that yeah. and receptive, and I took it personally for the longest. I still do. Yeah. You know, but it's but hard. you just don't take it as personal for that long. Exactly. Now you're probably you more like, all right, man, yeah. whatever, bro. I, it's like a bad girlfriend. It's not me. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm fucking around. <laughs> so, what would you say is your overall goal or the impact you'd like? I mean, it's it's pretty simple, based on me knowing you so much. But if you had to put in a couple sentences, what would you say is the overall impact you'd like to leave or the legacy you'd like to leave on, you know? So this whole sports performance and maybe even bigger than that. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's, it's definitely bigger having having four kids, almost five now, you know, and, and hopefully one day when I'm up in heaven, I'm looking down on my girls and what I would love to hear is, oh, man, your dad is the one that did this or your dad is the one that invented this or just really being able to not add value while I'm here on Earth, but be able to impact and add value when I'm gone, like that legacy part. Right. So. I mean that's that's really what what Something I'm that driving speaks for, for you man. and you can't speak anymore. You know what I mean? And so if if I could one make my kids proud, make my girls happy, that's obviously the goal, but beyond that, if if I can have people recognized and feel like I've added value to their life, that's that's all I'm looking for, man. I don't I don't really need a bunch of awards or I don't really need like a ton of ceremonies. I mean, that stuff is cool, don't get me wrong, but if I can help like you or, or anybody or another athlete, like, man, that, that gets me excited. That makes, that warms my heart, yeah. you know, because I didn't have anybody that sat and was like, hey, JD, this is what you should think about, man. Like, hey, pay attention to these pitfalls or watch out for this. And so because I didn't have that, man, I, I got to give it to people that are, you know, are Needing up and it. coming. Yeah, man, it's just, it, it makes you feel good and you're adding value to someone's life, to their world, bro. Yeah, continue to have impact on yeah. young men and women's lives like you impacted mine. I like it, man. I dig it. 
Can I hit you with a few quick fire questions? Bro, let's I just do got it, a few man. quick fires. Let's Bro, hit them. Let's do it. So hopefully our listeners have got a really good idea of you know kind of where you came from, what made you up, and what has allowed you to create not only successful business in the in the normal traditional thought of dollars and cents and growing, but a tr- but a successful business in the amount of people that you impact and the amount of time that you're allowed. Um, mm, the amount of time it allows you to spend with your family and people important to you. Um, so let's jump into some quick questions, man, some quick hitters. I already know the answer to some of these because we went over it. And when I know that, I know we did a good fucking interview. Yeah. So if I'm Jason David and I didn't own the Top Performance Institute in Southern California, I'd probably be... Making commercials. Creative director. Creating, you know, trying to create content for something. I mean, especially nowadays with social media, like that's a job in itself at, at certain companies. So yeah. that's something I think I would enjoy is creating content. Now, you mentioned a lot of entrepreneurs, um, multiple who are, you know, in, in a mentor capacity too. Who would you say are some of the top three people that you look up to for their creativity, their drive, whatever? I'll give you an example of mine. Mine are The Rock, Joe Rogan. And I like Brandon Schaub because he's an ex-football player, ex-fighter who took on the uh, podcast and the stand-up comedy world, and he is killing it. Yeah. So I'd be The Rock, Joe Rogan, and Schaub. I like, I mentioned him earlier, Tony Shea, the, okay. the founder of the CEO of Zappos. Zappos, yep. Uh, definitely Barbara Corcoran. I mean, I, I had an opportunity to meet her and, and actually spend a couple of days uh, at, her, at her place in Utah, which was, was uh, super fun. Um, and then my buddy Saban, I mean, we're not very far apart in age, but just what he's been able to accomplish on the business side is, I mean, it's for anyone who's an entrepreneur, that is their dream, right? To yeah. be able to scale your business internationally, not just in the United States, but, you know, internationally. So And partner up um, with one of the most successful, you know, known business people in the world, yeah. Barbara. So, I mean, if, if that were to happen to me, like, dude, that would be sick. Yeah. I would enjoy that. I mean, don't be surprised, bro. That's what happens. You parlay opportunity into 100%. things and it's no one gets a parlay when they're not ready for it or they're 100%. not set up. Oh, you know what I'm prepared, saying? You got to win that first hand <laughs> yeah. to get that parlay up. Straight up. Um, man, so what? What would you give advice to anyone looking to play pro, say ages 14 to 20? You know by 21 whether or not you're gonna go. Yeah, well, you just, you gotta go for it. So if, if you think that working hard half the time is good enough, then you probably won't make it. If yeah. you think working hard 75% of the time is gonna give you the best opportunity, you probably won't make it. But if you can commit yourself and and two things happen when you do that. If you commit yourself and you work hard, one, you won't look back and feel like you have any regrets, right? One, you won't look back and say, oh, I wish I had spent a couple more days working out or I wish I would have went to go work out when that guy asked me. So that's one, that's one byproduct of, of working hard all the time. The second time, the, the second thing is you give yourself the best opportunity to be successful. Like if you're working hard, it's just nature of the beast. Work hard, give yourself the best chance. Work hard, don't look back with regrets. And those are the two worst things. And that's, that's what I fear the most at, at times when, when I think about just business and life is I don't ever want to look back like, man, I wish I did this a little bit. I wish I did more of this because you're, you're going to make mistakes. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But if you could look back and, and say, man, I, I, shoot, I, I gave it my best go. Like I did everything I could. That's know? how I feel, man. Yeah. So Sometimes that's out of your control. Yeah. But man. your advice would be, 
if you're gonna talk it, walk it. Hundred percent. That's in a nutshell. Yeah. Thank you. You gotta be about it. <laughs> yeah. And that includes. Yeah. And that includes not going out sometimes. That includes putting in the extra time. That includes finding someone like JD. And if your parents can't pay for it, figuring out if you could work here extra, work somewhere 100%. else extra. It's it's figuring it out. Yeah. But you man. gotta be all if in. If you want it, yeah. If you want it, you'll find a way. Gotta be all in. And then, I mean, pretty much you already gave straight up advice to people playing pro, which is figure out the fuck you're gonna do after. But do you have any other sort of advice? for any pro athletes right now besides start setting yourself up for your future? Yeah, keep keep the people around you. Just keep a really tight circle. Keep people that care about you around you. Keep people that are not afraid to tell you, hey, this is probably not the best idea. Because those are the people that you want around, right? Whether you like it or not, those are the people that I think help you grow as a person because they're not gonna be afraid to say, yo, Ryan, like, this is cool, and I know that you enjoy doing this, but try this. And you the don't ones that face you with the hard truths. Yeah, but you don't always have to listen to them. Sometimes it's just, okay, hear them out, and, and maybe you make a few adjustments, but having people that are around you that are positive, that bring good energy. I mean, I know energy is, everyone talks about energy nowadays, but it's like, just have real people around you, man. Like, yeah. cut, out, cut out all the faking. I, I think I've been really fortunate enough to have met my partner, Chris, um, who, who's co-owner of Stars, and he's just been, he's been that person that I've been able to look at like, yo, all right, is this good? Like, what should we do, man? Like, Smaller do circle, think? less distractions. Exactly. And you know what I mean? Especially with what we have here, like, we don't have all the bells and whistles, so what we do has to be on point and has to be done properly because we can't afford no, we can't afford mistakes. We yeah. are not big enough to say, oh, our facility in south florida they're doing just great we'll be okay up here if we have a bad year like no like we have to keep pushing the action and you know making sure we're doing everything right and so uh he's definitely one of those people that if every person had a, a chris around them they'll they'll be okay keep that circle small yeah i mean 100%. it's true man and even if you're not a pro football player whatever success you have it's you realize there's more people that want a piece, you know what I'm saying? And it's it becomes easier to cut people out when you have, though. When you yeah, actually have yeah. and, and you understand the importance of cutting out the negativity or cutting out the open hand or cutting out whatever you're cutting out that's not benefiting you, it gets easier after you do it a couple of times. But that would be your advice to it the pros. Is, is you man. To, the, to the pro guys. Keep it small. Just, just uh, it's, there's so much, bro. Like, this is a podcast in its own, but. I mean, and they know, I mean, shit. I, and I hope that people reach out to you. Hopefully there's people that haven't, heard about you or don't know what you're doing that are like, I need to contact bro, this dude because I know your line's open. Bro. Listen to me. So like, go ahead. The, the NFL PA, they do, they do a great job of giving you resources and the website's really cool. And you know, you can call them if you have questions, but it's, it's a person you don't know yeah. that's on the phone. It's a person that yeah, you never really have spoken to before. Whereas if you know a player, if you've even spoken to him once or twice, even if you follow him on social media, contact them. Like, right. if, if anybody's watching this right now and they're interested in business or they're interested in kind of, I'll tell you how I failed, like what not to do. Like, even if you take that away from what I'm telling you, like I'm an open book, man. Like, I think that will be probably the next growth for me from on a personal level. It's like, I just want to help people. Like, I want to help guys who were Jason David in 2010, how do I start an LLC? Yeah. Like that's the, that's the guy that I want to help, you know? And not that I don't mind helping people who are successful already, but like, I didn't have that guy to, hey JD, this is what you want to do first. You want to make sure you get an attorney here. You want to make sure you 
this is how you file your taxes. Like I didn't have any of that. And so right. if I can help people save money, whether it's on websites, anything, bro, that I've wasted a bunch of money on, I'll do it because it, it all wasn't this beautiful, sexy building that we're sitting in, man. There's been some yeah. days where I'm like, okay, I just spent $2,000 on a website and I don't even know if I need it. Or, yeah, and I don't even like it. I don't, I don't even like know if it. I need it, yeah. Exactly, yeah, so. Man, and I know this is hard because you never want to change the course of anything and any change can change the outcome years down the road, but if you had some advice to give yourself, mm -hmm. maybe five years ago when you, um, when you were just getting started, and not just getting started, but just figuring out your path, and what your niche was gonna be, what advice would you give yourself? It's funny, bro, like I prepared for this question and now I'm, I haven't gone through that interview. Um, this is a cliche, but like, trust your gut. Trust your gut. Um, because when you, when you trust your gut, what happens is you're the one that is you're not leaving it for no one else for your mistake for your bad decision right you trust your gut it's like all right this is what i feel this is what i'm doing versus um hey you 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 guys you guys decide and then then that's the answer like if you feel something man like it's probably right dude yeah and and i'm telling you it's, it's happened to me while since i've been in business something didn't feel right a person didn't feel right here a person didn't really feel like they should be part of the team or something didn't seem right and it was exactly that they weren't right so if i can tell myself um or give myself any advice i would just say man trust your gut and just be true to who you are that's another thing man like we've it's funny we've been able to stay in our freaking lane for how since 2010 really like we just stayed at what we're good at we didn't do anything special we don't have some secret sauce. We just, when everyone's doing seven on seven, they're doing this and, and trust me, it's hard now. Like you're seeing it on your phone. Like right. you can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. And so very fast, you can kind of detour from your, your end goal, your path. And if you stay in your lane and just keep plugging, and that's the advice I would give myself to, to make sure that I do, that we've been able to do and have been successful at is just stay in your lane, man. Like, yeah. don't try to do everything. You know what I mean? Like, because people are going to, they might be way better than you at this particular thing. Don't try to switch from what you're good at to, oh, let me catch up. Dang, they got three seven on seven teams. Oh, they do girls basketball camps. Like, let me try girls basketball camps. Like, no, bro. Like, just find your lane. And it took us a long time to learn that, man. Like, when you're an entrepreneur and you start a business, you just, sorry, I know I'm, I'm getting no. long-winded, but when you're. This is how it's supposed to be, man. Dropping knowledge. When you're, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, you can come up with the sexiest business plan in the world, but you're going to have to make changes along the way. It is inevitable. And as much as you think you have it figured out, you don't even, you don't even know what you want. Like we talked about it earlier. You don't even know what your business needs, let alone right. what it can grow into. And so you have to be open-minded. You right. can't be so non-open-minded to where it's just like, uh, that doesn't really seem like it's something cool. No, like, hey, this thing might work right or what's working for you might work for you and someone maybe not someone else so i think sticking to you know who you are and being true to who you are is really something that i think is important for anybody in business or anybody in sports man it's, i mean no better knowledge than that man be who you are yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, be yeah. who you are stick to your guns put your money where your mouth is you know what i mean if you're gonna talk it walk it 100 percent. yeah man um 
did you feel like there was anything we missed out on? Anything you wish you had the opportunity to, to talk about? Man, we, we, we hit everything. Are man. you happy? Um, yeah, no, this is, this was good, man. Good. This is really, per and what I love, it, it gave me an opportunity to reflect. Like when, you know, you told me you want to do this, it was like, okay, cool. Like, what's the message that I want to have? What do I want people to know and learn about stars? And I think we covered everything, man. And, good. Um, I, I think we put you. stars in a really good light, man. Yeah, I think no, we showed you. it for what it truly, truly is, which is all I ever want to do. Yeah. You yeah. Know?